Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For Real Zoe podcast with Amanda and Jessica. Hey, everybody. So we have um, our husbands with us today, and I'm going to introduce my husband. This is Travis. Hello. And, and Jessica, you can introduce your husband. And my husband, Clay, is here with us. Hello. <laughs> All right. So um, to get started, let's just we're, we're, we've been doing a marriage series and we've talked about several different topics and we thought it would be fun just to bring our husbands in to share a little bit. Um, but before we get started, I guess I'd like to them to each tell us about them. And we Jessica and I have both shared. We both have been married before and divorced. And so obviously they've been <laughs> uh, this is a new relationship for them. And so just Travis, if you want to go first, can you tell us about your like history with your relationships and and all that? So, yeah, I've been married before as well. Um, so this is my second marriage and it's going awesome. <laughs> And you have I, two daughters. I have two daughters. And I have and, two and daughters. And two stepdaughters. <laughs> and uh, I think that my first divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me because I never would have met Amanda if that hadn't happened. And, and I think that you get a chance to really fix your mistakes that you made in the first marriage and become a better person, a better man, a better husband. Um, I think... I don't know what the stats are, but I would think that second marriages go better. I'm not sure on Actually, that. Actually, they don't. Really? <laughs> yeah, the stats are the worst. There's more dynamics, more mm -hmm. kids, more okay. more chances, more challenges. Well, I'm pretty confident that ours is going to beat the stats. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so Clay, you want to tell us about yours? Sure. I was also married once, came into this new marriage with three children. So we have a large blended family. I thought it was interesting Travis's perspective on an opportunity to, co to correct mistakes because I looked at it from an opposite point of view is it was an opportunity for me to be more firm in what I needed for myself and what where my limitations were and were not. So I could be much more aware of who I would bring into my life instead of be overcome by opportunity and beauty and sex, even though I get all of those with Jess. I really was able to take a second look and be smarter in my choices the second go around. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's interesting. I totally agree with that too. Yeah. I agree with all that too. Cause there were some characteristics of Amanda that really attracted me that didn't have to do with her beauty and her physical features. It had to do with her personality and her emotional stability that were complete opposite of my, of my first wife. Right. And then and you know what you need at this point and what you were lacking the first time around. And so you were able to know that those things in Amanda were things that were going to fulfill what you didn't have before. Correct. Yeah, definitely. I think it was the same for me. Was it the same for you, Jessica, when you with when you were dating Clay? Oh, yeah, we had I was I think it was like the the third third date we had a sit down and it was I was basically he's like I'm gonna need this and I was like and I'm gonna need this and I mean it was a whole list but we just needed to make sure that we didn't go any further with each other until we knew what the other person needed and was need was demanding um in the relationship and if we could provide that for them oh I said I'm just gonna use you for sex for the first six months 
<laughs> for the first six months and then see where you're at. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then he was like, that sounds good to me. <laughs> you're a lucky man, Travis, that you're able to measure up to that. Yeah, actually, it was the second six months that that happened. That it was? Oh, what? okay. Well, yeah, when we were kind of he, dating, I just didn't let him know the first When six we months. were dating in secret there for a while. <laughs> oh, my God. We actually broke up for a week. Yeah. And then we got back together, and we didn't tell anybody that we got back together. Yeah, we kept it our own little secret. It was like we were sneaky. Yeah, we we broke up for a day. It was a 24 hours. We didn't break up. You just tried to call it off and realized you couldn't. <laughs> Travis would say the same thing about me and him. <laughs> yeah, I just kept showing up at her house. Yeah, he did. He just opened the door. He was there. <laughs> one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to bring our husbands in was because Clay has a really interesting perspective on something that I know because I work in the divorce industry. I know that this happens a lot. And um, he had some opinions that I thought were really worth bringing into our um, to our listeners, because most of our listeners are females. And I really implore our listeners to hear what he has to say and to really think about um what if this is affecting you if this is affecting your husband and maybe to start a conversation about this so um i'm gonna let clay take the stage on this one for a minute and i would love for travis to to chime in on if he agrees and what he does agree with and all of that because this is a really it's i think it's really important so Jess talks to me oftentimes about your conversations and just wants to know what my opinion is on your different topics and stuff like that. And that's what I've said before that I don't listen to your podcast because I feel like I've already been a part of it with how open and conversational Jess is. But she came to me a couple of weeks ago and she wanted the male's perspective on advice that you would give to ensure a higher probability for a lasting relationship. And what I've noticed through all the men that I work with and their wives that they ended up up marrying and the relationships that really work and the relationships that don't and my failed marriage and then this relationship that's really working and some of the things that I brought to it. I know Jess has spoken to it before, but I had this quote unquote list of what was important to me. And I think those lists, everybody has one without realizing it. And we let them go by the wayside. And we turn out to be a person that we weren't without those lists. And what I'm saying is when you women meet us men, we typically have a lot of things going for us. We have a group of buddies that we really like to hang out with that keep us grounded, that'll razz us just enough to make sure that we stay, we don't get too full of ourselves. They'll cheer us on when we need to be cheered on. We can go play golf. We can go play sports. We can go out to a sporting event. We can go and get drunk with our friends. And we're coming from a place where we have a need satisfied that now we have space to bring in a partner. And when we're dating, we still work out all the time. And we still have these days where we're off with our buddies and you love us and we're fun and we're charismatic and a lot of good things are going for the relationship and we get married because we have, we're so in tune with each other. And then as time goes on and we have kids and we hit kind of that grind of marriage and that grind of relationship and that grind <laughs> of children. Marriage sound terrible. 
<laughs> no, but this is something that everybody experiences, right, right? right? We all experience this grind where I don't think you should be doing this anymore because I need help here or I don't get to do this. So you shouldn't get to do that. Or somebody puts it on themselves saying, I'm going to give this up because I need to be home more or whatever it is. And we start to lose sight of those things that made us ground and be there for our partner. We lose some of that piece of us, that independence that made us be so present in the relationship when we were dating in those first few years of marriage that when those go by the wayside, you realize you're not the same person anymore and they aren't. And then you start to fall out of love with them and you want to find somebody else. And that's the list that I brought to Jessica was, hey, these are the things that I need in my life that I'm not going to sacrifice again. I did it once and it didn't work out and it wasn't worth it. Okay. These are the things I need to keep going. So one of our favorite things to do is to apply real life examples to so that people can relate to us. So give us one example of when in a marriage you lost sight, even if it's this one, even if it's this one right now, you lost sight of something that you loved or that you love to do um, because of chores, because of children, because of obligations, because your spouse didn't support it. Um, give us an example. I'll give you a personal example is I didn't put as much energy towards other friendships as I should have. I felt like I needed to put more energy towards my wife and my children and wasn't as present in some of my friendships as I should have been and lost some friends because of it. And in turn lost a, a part of myself where we had been through some trying times together. And I realized as I was going through my divorce, who I had lost and why I had lost and how detrimental it is to not have a support network and not a group. Uh, it was something that I did on my own. I put that own pressure on myself and there were other factors that I'm not going to get into um, with finances and, and some other things that were going on in my relationship. Um, but I didn't put enough emphasis and I didn't realize how important maintaining relationships were at a young age. With other men, you mean? With other men, yes. Awesome. So, Travis, what say you? So I have some similar experiences to that in my first marriage. Um I definitely neglected some friendships because of, of my first wife. Um, she didn't, yeah, she didn't like me to be gone too much. Um, I try, I did everything I could to try and be present and help out with the kids. And that was even getting to working, re working remotely, um, just being there, letting her go do her thing. And I'd take care of the kids. I did a lot of the cooking and just helping out as much as I could. And none of that worked. I mean, I, and I still, nothing I did made her happy. So then in my second marriage, I just definitely looked for a woman who was, I guess, competent enough and secure enough in her own skin and her, what she wanted to do in that it would be okay for me to, you know, take a day on a Saturday to go golfing with some buddies. Um, and Amanda's that person. And I, I definitely, she says all the time, like, oh, maybe you should go golfing or, oh, maybe you should go to a movie or, you know, she suggests it sometimes before I do. And but then also at the same time, I definitely don't take advantage of that. And like, I'm not gone, you know, three nights a week, things like that. I, you know, I'm definitely trying to be home as well. But but I definitely agree with Clay. Like, I, I think I think both people, the man and the woman need to have friendships outside of the marriage. I think that's very healthy. Yeah, I definitely related to a lot of what you're saying. And I think a lot a lot of people do, because when you're talking about the grind, I think it's 
that way with all things in life. Like you just get in this routine of life where it does become the grind. Like you work, life, you know, you got chores. You just get caught up in the routine and the mundane life. And it really does take that effort to know what you need and want to put energy into those things. And you do lose yourself in a marriage, especially when you have children and it just gets busy and life gets routine and there is compromise. That's for sure. There's compromise and you do, there is, you obviously can't maybe go out or connect with friends to the extent that you did when you were single, but it is so important and it's important. Everything you said is so important to recognize and realize about yourself, what you need and want to feel happy and to feel normal. And I remember consciously thinking when I started dating Travis, like I I want him to feel like he's not making a huge sacrifice to be with me. So in other words, I remember thinking the stuff he's doing now, I want him to still have that same same ability to do that thing, that stuff with me without judgment um, and without me being hard on him. And it, that goes across all board, all things like, again, there's a little bit of compromise, but even like finances and how you spend money, that's all things that you need to consider with somebody. And then if they were single, I, I asked myself sometimes if he was single, it, would he be making these choices? And then what, who am I to say, you can't do that stuff anymore. I want him to feel the most secure, the most happy that he, as he would be if he was single as he is with me. Again, there, you can't have like, you can't do it all exactly how you want, but as much as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's, uh, it's so important to find um, a mate that supports who you were, but who you are, but then also recognizes that as time goes, flows that people change and they get new interests or you know something happens and they their their bodies are just too old to play hockey and they can't do that in a rec league anymore or you know and and so they change something they change something about themselves and to be able to find the mate the partner that is going to um be bendy like we we said in our first episode on this marriage series is like one of the things i said was just be bendy in the relationship and allow yourself to recognize when your spouse or yourself changes important interests um in their lives and then flow with that you know um i i when i look back at my at my marriages the first marriage i didn't really have you know a whole lot of friends amanda was my friend but she was having kayla at that time so it was her first baby and i wasn't married very long and um so i didn't I didn't really have a whole lot of friends to focus on. But then in my second marriage, I really craved friendships. I really craved connection more. And um, and then what I discovered was that was the time I was making all the babies and I didn't have a lot of time left over in my days and I was exhausted. But at the same time, I didn't have support by my husband to have friendships. Um, he didn't like me going out on girls' nights and he didn't like me uh, having really a life at all um my life was the house and the kids and that was it um and so when i got the freedom from my second marriage to be single again i did have a list as well um and one of them was one of the big things on my list was i needed to be able to have my time with my friends because in my dating phase and my single phase in between 
this marriage now and that marriage, I did make a lot of connections and I valued that time I'd spent with my friends and I did not want that to go away. And so we work it out that I, Clay's gone for 48 hours every week and that's my time that I spend and connect with my friends so that it doesn't take time from him and me or from the family um, and my family obligations, um, but so that I have that time to myself where I get to go and have dinner and put my phone away and no one's bugging me. Everybody knows if I'm with a friend, it's don't even try to text me because I'm my phone is in my purse, you know, and I'm giving 100% of my time to my friends. Um, and that has become such an amazing thing to have in my life, to be able to have the freedom to do that with no judgment, no expectations. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing for sure. It's kind of hard and it's kind of unfair for just to say that she gets two nights a week of free time with girls because most of us don't have that wonderful schedule of their husband being gone for two nights to be able to do whatever they want. <laughs> But I come from that. It's lovely. I love it so much. (laughs) But I do have to give Jess credit that she recognizes the value that she obtains in being able to maintain those relationships and is oftentimes the first one to tell me that, hey, you need your time to go do things. Go hang out with this buddy or go take this camping trip or go do this fishing trip or whatever it is that I need before I recognized that I needed it because she's so often been supported and able to go and do these things. So it's a little bit harder when you have smaller kids for those listeners that do have younger families. They can't leave their kid at home alone. It costs a lot of money to have a babysitter, but it's so important, even if it's two nights a month for each of you, that you have an opportunity to go and do something for you. It might be sometime during the day. It might be some spa time. It might be time to meditate. It might be time to catch up with a girlfriend. It might be time to, for your husband to shoot hoops. But if you can carve that out and then dedicate two other days at a minimum, I would recommend one day a week where it's just a date night. And a date night might mean your kids go to bed and you spend an extra hour with each other catching up. But if you are conscious and selecting time to be present in moments, it's going to go so far in the relationship. And it took me a long time for me to recognize that. So now we've switched to a new topic of dating your spouse, which I know Clay holds very near and dear to his heart. Um, This is something that he absolutely put his foot down and said, we will be doing this. If we stay together, we have to, we have to carve out time for just you and I, Um, and we have done, I know I've spoken about this, um, before in previous podcasts, but we've done an excellent job at staying focused, um, on a date night of some sort. How about you guys? Yes. Date night's really important. Um, uh, piggybacking on what Clay said about kids. Um, I wanted to touch on that. I know that a lot of parents, they just dedicate all of their free time to their kids. And obviously we love our kids. We want to take care of them, but you, but you, you do need to carve out some time for yourself. It's really important. It's not just all about them. You, you know, you need to be happy too. Then you'll be the best parent and the best spouse. Um, so date night or but buddy night, all that is super important. And it doesn't have to be, you know, three or four times a week. It can be just for a couple hours a week. 
um, or another day where it could like a weekend day, it could be, you know, half a day that that's, that's just stuff's really important for your happiness, for your sanity. Yeah. I think you taught me that because before I met Travis, I was really focused on being a mom. Like I felt like that was my purpose, but watching you, I learned from you, like you have a great ability to balance all of it out. You you have kid time, you have your alone time, and then you have relationship time. And there's like, all of that's a priority. It's not, it shouldn't just be all about kids. It shouldn't just be all about relationships. You need the time alone too. And, and creating those times for, and I think we both do a good job of getting our own time by ourselves, our own time together, and then time with family. And, yeah. and our relationships really worked well with that, making sure all three of those needs are met. And some of that alone time for myself is sometimes just the workout. That's, yeah. That's enough. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's just enough for the day, like to go to the gym or go for a bike ride. Yeah, just that space and yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that um that, that you're right. It's a it's a balance. There's the kid time. There's the family time. There's the individual time, and then there's the marriage time, like that marriage quality time together to remember you know, that you love each other. <laughs> to remember. Oh my God, I forgot. I love you. Actually, I mean, it is true though. Yeah, you you think... do have to have, like, bring that back because you, because again, going back to what Clay said, the grind, it's like, you just get caught up in like, you forget to connect. Yeah. I think people forget that. And maybe that's why a lot of people have poor sex lives. Like you, you need to connect as a couple. It's not just all about family. It's not just all about kids. Yeah. We were, we took a walk earlier and I was like, so the three main things (laughs) for a good relationship are, um, communication, um, respect and sex. Those are the three main (laughs) things. You got to be able to communicate with each other and talk to each other frequently, um, and be on the same page. There has to be respect, which includes compromise. It includes h- how you treat each other. It, it includes being open-minded, being open-minded, yeah. understanding of the other partner. But then you have to connect romantically and sexually to create that deep intimacy. And, and that's what makes a marriage versus a friendship. So those are, those are the three things that we feel like make a great relationship. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Um, would you say communication, respect, and sex? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think intimacy. Yeah, intimacy. Yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree there. Um, I've always had a very similar list. It's number one for me is the ability to communicate. Um, and then from there, I know my love language is a combination of quality time and physical touch. So sex obviously falls into that for me. Uh, my job that I do, it's a fantastic release of stresses and a way for me to, to calm down and ground. It's not something that I need all the time, but it's something that I, I do enjoy as often as I get um, to, be, to be blunt. And I think any man's going to fall into that. Um, but you do, you can't have it. I know for women, there's women that'll say it's a chore and he hasn't earned it. And part of the reason he hasn't earned that is because you haven't had the opportunity to have those, those deep discussions and find those areas that you guys were really attracted to. And I think probably one of the worst things society does is they tell us that you grow up, you go to college, you find your spouse, you get married, 
and then you raise kids and then they don't tell you that after that that you, that you die well, you it, retire and then you die <laughs> yeah you get married and then you look for, forward to retirement after you realize that kids are harder than you thought and most people that i've recognized they haven't found themselves yet we do a terrible job at teaching people to love yourself respect yourself and figure out what your needs are and it's so hard to come into a relationship if you don't know what your own needs are if you don't know what makes you excited what turns you off what puts you in a bad mood if you've never experienced those things and you've never figured out who you are you just were figuring out that this was going to be my career and this person's super cute and i'm going to date them and they make me happy and my parents approve so we're getting married you don't have anything to fall back on and say hey remember that time that we went out to on this vacation or we did this adventure we need to do that again and i think it's so important for our generation as parents and married couples to teach that to our children is it's not about going to college and getting married. It's about going to college if you want to, but finding yourself and experiencing the moments and finding somebody to experience those moments with so you can really find a solid foundation with that person. So when it does get hard, you have something to look forward to. You have something to fall back on. And it's not just this emptiness of beauty and you've checked all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think um, I work in the medical field and I can't, I worked in mental health for about three years and I can't begin to tell you how many people identify themselves with what they do for their life and they don't know themselves. So then when they can't work or they can't do what they've always done or they retire, they feel like they don't, they're lost. They feel like just like life is over because They've only identified who they are with what they do for a career. And once that's gone, then and they become physically incapable or they're reaching an age where they have to retire, it is leads a big void and, and they don't even they're lost. They it, and it's so sad to me that like you said, we all get old and we don't, don't teach people this. Like our bodies aren't physically capable to continue doing what we do in life. And men especially, but women too. But I see a lot of men because I do disability claims a lot or disability exams a lot. And they're no longer to physically, let's say they worked in construction. They no longer can do that job because their joints can't take that type of work forever. But now they feel like they're not, what's the point of living? I can't do my job anymore. And they've totally identified with themselves with a, a career and what they're physically capable of. And we do a poor job teaching our society and people that, hey, we're more than our jobs and also our bodies are going to decline. And at some point we can't do these things, but that doesn't mean that you're any less of a person. Um, but it's, it's interesting that um, you're right. We don't we don't talk about those things. I wholeheartedly agree with both Clay and Amanda, what you said. I, I feel that that's why I've tried to balance my life with with all of it because I feel that when I retire um I, oh well it doesn't like that's not what that's not who I was that was a part of who I was also when my kids go off to college and they leave the house like okay awesome they're moving on to the next stage of life but that's not I wasn't just a dad right like I have lots of interests in, yeah we do we've kind and, of created like even though we're not retired we've created a life of of that because like we try to live 
life the fullest now. Like, yeah, and there, there's lots of things that I want to do that I don't have time to do. So I feel like I could be one of those person that would win the lottery and I'd be fine not working. I, I could, there's lots of things I could fill my day with. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. My job. <laughs> this goes. This kind of goes back to oh, wow. Amanda on the 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 first episode that we did um, on marriage, where we talked about the um, our advice, our successful marriage advice, and um, one of mine was have hobbies, have hobbies, and have your own life because that is what you have to fall back on when your kids go to college and when you're rendered. Um, no longer able to do what your career was for so long, you know, because then you can go say, okay, well now I have space for this in my life, more space for this. Um, right. And you, yeah. You already know who you are and what well, you like. When it comes to relationships and marriage, what would you say clay is the, the most challenging thing for you with being in a relation, a committed relationship and being married? What's, what's hard for you? Mm, I feel like I feel like that's a somewhat loaded question <laughs> because oh, I come Travis from Travis has an answer. Travis, go for it. So for me, I feel that I've found the perfect woman for myself. So I think if kids weren't part of the equation, we would hardly ever argue. I think there'd be a few things, but I think the most challenging part is is for us is having a blended family and having a little bit of different viewpoints on how to parent. That's by far the most challenging thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's probably, yeah, that is our biggest challenge. And having, you know, exes in the picture that yeah, create exes drama. Yeah, exes and also stepchildren yeah. is totally different from your own children. Yep. And you have no say in, like, what gets done or how it gets done, really. I mean, you can say it, but you don't well, get ultimate Especially decision. if you have an ex who has very strong opinions on how things should be done or really, they don't really support hard. your relationship yeah, too. They, and they don't or they don't support your opinions on what needs to be done as far as if they need therapy or me medical help or just or, whatever, yeah, whatever or discipline anything. being disciplined yeah. all that stuff yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely super complicated yeah that would be super complicated uh jess and i are probably the two strong-headed ones out of the failed marriages that we had the first time so we don't have to deal with that side of things. We do have to deal with abandonment from one of the ex-spouses and one of our other spouses has has their own difficulties of just being confident in themselves and diving too far into the children and almost using them as shields. Um, so we don't have those issues and being the dominant personalities that she and I both are we somehow actually work with that. We found a, a balance that's probably unnatural to a lot of people. Um, but, but we haven't had some of those struggles because a lot of when I stepped into this relationship taking on her children, her taking on my children, I had no problem recognizing that in this household, this is the matriarch and the patriarch and you respect both of them and we're going to support what they say. And if we don't have an answer, we're going to come together and then we're going to treat you fairly in that answer. So for us, we haven't had that, that step parenting piece. Um, I didn't have that step parenting piece and in, in my first relationship either for those listeners that are in their first relationship, they're not in their second relationship and they're looking for all the, the ways to make this work. Um, 
I believe for me, the hardest part of marriage is, is being honest with the needed balance with being honest to say, to tell your spouse that, Hey, I don't feel like we've been giving each other the same amount of, of privilege, if you will, you get to do all of these things or on the contrary, I've been taking all this time for myself and I've been relying on you to take care of the kids because I've been more selfish. And I think that's the hardest thing to do is to be honest about those, those pieces, those needs in a way that we recognize each other's needs and we can bring them to light and we can honor those in order for us to still be safe with our partners. Yeah. I would say that my most difficult um, part of being married is um, still learning to let go of my expectations and trying to to mold Clay into what I want him to be and letting that go and letting him be who he is and accepting that and loving it. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't accept and love it, but I still try I find myself still trying to make him something that he's not <laughs> yeah well I think that's just your personality it is I do that for everyone I know that <laughs> yeah you do and so yeah it's not just with clay but it's it is important to acknowledge that about yourself and then recognize that hey I don't want to be this way so that it's a really mature um and an actually really vulnerable answer that you could share that and admit that you still struggle with that because well, I, I definitely I definitely know that I'm not the only woman out there that struggles with this I think there's actually a large population of females that come into a marriage and think I'm gonna run the show and I'm gonna call the shots and I'm gonna say how things are and I I'm not saying that I went into this relationship um, like that but I have noticed that I do it it's almost like I was like that previously and I'll fall into that to that trap again and I have to literally just re recognize it and pull myself back out so it's a habit that I had in previous relationships that um, I didn't intend on bringing into this one and I do have to um, I have to put myself in check every once in a while and remember that this is not what I wanted for this time around right that makes sense yeah I don't so what about you Amanda um I think I think what Travis said is really my biggest thing. I think, you know, we're not neither one of us are dominant personalities. We're both really laid back. We don't like confrontation. We don't our parenting skills are more passive. Like we're not really lay the we're not we don't put down our foot. We don't like so it's really challenging when we you have two people like that in a home and we so because of that we I don't know if we approached becoming a blended family the best way. And now it's really challenging. It's especially where our kids are at to backtrack on that because we set the tone and this is where it's at. So we didn't treat it as a matriarch patriarch family. We really kept our relationships with our other partners intact and kept those as our parenting relationships. And then here it's been more of a challenge because we haven't created that in our own home because our other partners are more dominant when it comes to that and so we've had to it's just been very complicated for us to manage it's not like we have a lot of challenges with it but it 
a lot it, it doesn't feel like we're a family sometimes it feels like we're all kind of coming in here doing our separate living our separate lives but we have moments of familyness but we don't I don't feel united and connected as a family I feel like Travis and I have a great relationship and we're connected and strong but when it comes to our kids I I feel I don't feel not connected, but it just feels not as a, a strong unit. So that would, to me, is my, our, I think our biggest challenge. And then we, we have some complicated issues too, just because my oldest daughter's special needs. So she's requires a lot of care and that's one separate issue. But then one of Travis's daughters has a lot of mental health challenges that are pretty challenging as well. And so we have those dynamics that make it even more complicated. So we we have a lot going on when it comes to our kids. And it's just some we I feel I feel like we do pretty good for the most time. But sometimes it really it really can impact us if we don't stay strong, strongly connected with each other. So those are that's our biggest issue challenge, I think. I agree. Awesome. Is it? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's awesome that you recognize it. It's awesome that you've put it out there and that everyone knows that it's there. Um, but I think that it's awesome that you're sharing it with us here. And that's my favorite part about this podcast is that we share with our audience things that I know other people are going through and that other people are living through or things that they haven't really taken that next step to think about. But if they do, They'll recognize it and then they'll know, you know what? This is normal. It's okay. It's not, you know, it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's not the end of the world and you can roll with it. Oh yeah. Every family, every relationship has different dynamics. That's for sure. So I yeah. just, you know you, you, you guys have the guys, um, Clay and Travis, cause me and Jessica talk all the time, but do you guys have any last like things you want to share about relationships or marriage or anything else that you feel like is important that we should share with the audience from a male perspective? Travis, you want to go first? I was going to say, Clay, you go ahead and go first. <laughs> okay. I've actually got a question for all three of you and then I'll answer myself. I don't know if I have an answer because I haven't thought it through, but Amanda, you had talked about earlier how people define themselves by their job. Mm -hmm. But what about in our marriages, what are you proud about that you bring into the marriage? Um, well, I'm, I think I'm proud of my um, ability to support and understand and empathize. Like I, I really want to support Travis's interests and individuality and needs and make sure that he has those things met so he's happy with me because if those things aren't met then he can't be in a happy in a relationship with me so i feel like i do a good job also i'm pretty i'm not like typical i, I hate to say this but i'm not like typical women when it comes to like um i don't feel like i'm naggy a lot or overreactive i'm really level-headed and calm and laid back and so um, that's just my personality. Um, and so I feel like that's also a, a good thing, but then it also could be a bad thing because we, maybe we don't always address issues that maybe might need to addressed. I don't know. Yeah. You don't overreact either. Yeah. I don't overreact. I'm pretty, pretty laid back. I think those are all wonderful qualities, but I'm actually more curious about, and this is why this is a hard question that I don't think any of us have ever thought of. But what are you proud of that you bring? Like, what are you remembered for? 
you bring this, this is Amanda or this is Travis or this is Jessica. What is it that you identify as that's not your work, but what do you identify as that's a positive, powerful piece of your relationship that has made this relationship strong that you would encourage other people to find what are they proud of that they bring as the other half of the relationship. But it has to be, it, it can't be supporting the other one because you, I know you have love for yourself. I know you have passion for things within your life that don't involve Travis. What is it that you bring? Ooh, I'll go. I know mine. Um, <laughs> um, mine is that I ask questions. I always ask questions and it causes myself to dive deep and build relationships with people. But I'm teaching the children and I'm teaching my husband to think at a deeper level than they naturally do. And it drives my daughter crazy because she's like, mom, stop asking questions. She's like, refuses to bring people to the house because she doesn't want me to ask them too many questions. But I'm proud of it. And I think that it really adds a, a factor to our family that would not exist, but that is very valuable. Um, I do have a, a strong leadership quality as well. I'm able to keep people on task. I'm able to get people to refocus. Um, but mine, mine, I think that's mine. I think I like that one. What about you, Clay? Oh, I said I was going to go at the end because I hadn't thought of it before, oh. but I guess neither of you guys have either. I can, I can go. Um, I think one of the things that Amanda really likes about me that I, that I like about myself too, that I bring is that, that, um, I, I like to do a lot of things, whether it's cooking or building things or yard work. Um, I'm not a person who just veggies out all day. Like I, when I put my mind to it, I get shit done. Um, and I think that's a big, that's a big important piece to a relationship to make, like you can't just let the house go to trash. You, you need things done. I, like I, I love cooking. I love going to the grocery store and shopping. And I think those are things that Amanda necessarily doesn't like that I think I bring. Yeah. I was definitely going to say that Travis's making pizza was going to be Amanda's favorite. Yeah, you do bring more adventure. Like you create like. And, and things to do. Yeah, like things I to try do. to think of things for us to do. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, I guess I don't bring anything. You're not being honest with yourself then. I, I thought her answer was valid that she's she's very supportive and caring. And she, she, she's the person that like Christmas, Easter, whatever it is, she's thinking she always finds the perfect card, the perfect gifts for everybody. Like that's her superpower. One of her superpowers. I don't have that superpower. She thinks of all that stuff. And I think that's super important in, in, a, in a family and a relationship. That's totally just too. I am so bad at pre-planning things. She saves my ass way more than I ever would if I were single. Um, and I think those are totally valid answers. So maybe I reframe, reframe the question for the listeners to you, Travis, is what is it about Amanda that was just like, I really love what she brings to the table? Or was it just the support piece? Because I know there's pieces of her that are so she's proud of. For me, the biggest thing that really attracted me to her was her emotional stability, her how laid back she is, how she doesn't get up. She rarely gets upset. That was, I don't know, that for, I just love that about her. And I think part of it is because the my previous marriage was the exact opposite. It was constant drama and 
crazy ups and downs. Well, same for me, for you, because my previous relationship was that way too, where there was, it was almost like, yeah, just a lot of like, I never knew what I was going to get when it came to emotions, lots of ups and downs. If if it had been a good few days, I was like, okay, what am I going to get today when he gets home? And with Travis, he his emotions are, you know, always pretty much the same level. I mean, everyone gets upset at times, or but it's it's normal reactive type stuff versus unrealistic mood swings or thing unexpectedness. And I You're, I don't do good with the rational roller, mood swings. roller coaster ride. I like I like the smoothest now, and and everybody's different. And so that for us, we both really appreciated that about each other we were we handled things well we didn't overreact and because we both are that way we struggle when people other were around or, or we're in intimate relationships with people that don't react that way they they overreact and then that makes us feel uncomfortable i think yeah my my favorite about clay is that he grounds me because i am that crazy emotional person and I'd like to think that I'm not irrational, but I bet that most people that are close to me would disagree with that comment. <laughs> I bounce all over the place and I um, and he can handle it. He handles it with this grace and this ease. And when I'm angry, he laughs at me and it makes me laugh at myself. And I've never had a partner who does that. It's not in a disrespectful way. It's in a okay, I know how to chill you out and I'm going to do it right now. And it makes all the difference in the world instead of him thinking negatively, which is what my previous husbands did and thinking that I'm just this crazy basket case. He looks at me like I get you and I'm going to help you through this. And he does. It's a miracle. I've yeah, never witnessed it too. It is. It is definitely a miracle. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> he's the he's the yin to your yang. Oh my god! Yes, he is. All right, Clay, it's your turn to talk now. <laughs> well, uh, keep asking all the questions here. Well, I had some questions because you guys brought him up. It's funny that Jess talks about me being her calming presence because I love her fire and her spunk. It's one of the things that I was super attracted to. The first thing was she was absolutely gorgeous when I met her. Uh, and then we had a very strong sexual bond. But her personality, the way her mind works, her energy, all of that are things that I just absolutely love about her. And I know how some people can see that that's too much. But I love adventure. I love taking on, I don't want to say risk, but I love the adrenaline rush. I love trying new. I love working with my hands. That's something that I brought pride to myself in as having a lot of skills to bring to a household to teach both the, the boys and the girls of a household of, hey, this is how you stand up for yourself. This is how you stand up for others. These are things that you can, I can empower you to be able to do yourself where you don't have to, to rely on other people. You're self-sufficient. And so I brought that pride and then she brought this, this attitude in this piece about her that that I haven't seen in other people that I just couldn't let go of. There's a there's a piece of her that for me is everything that I need. And while she thinks she can be a lot, and I'm sure for some people she can be a lot, she's pretty easy for me to handle, and I love it. I agree. I don't, I, Jessica. You're you're not a roller coaster ride of emotions. You just uh, you just provide this different energy and spunk, like you said, it, it's, it's different from creating drama and conflict. It's more like challenging and create creativeness and a bit a different energy that 
that's what I'm attracted to you about as well and why I want wanted to do this podcast with you because I love that about you. Yeah, and I I would say that the reason why Amanda and I have worked for so long is because she is that um, the chill. She's the chill side of me, but she also, if you get her a little bit drunk and put her in the right environment, she is the funnest person you've ever been around. And I don't feel like I'm very fun. And so I love that about her. You don't even have to get me drunk for that. <laughs> That's true. It's true. It's true. You still have like that super fun side that I, I just take myself way too seriously to ever explore. And so when I'm with Amanda, I feel like we can have fun because she's fun. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you guys for doing this episode with us. It's it's fun to have the guys on. We'll have to try to think of more topics they can do with us. Oh, yeah, I think this definitely should be something we do another time. But um, but yeah, thanks, Travis. And um, I'm glad that um, thanks, Clay, for entertaining the last 48 minutes of our of our lives. So you could share some of your wisdom and um, our listeners could hear some of your wisdom. And same with you, Travis, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join in on something that Amanda and I, it's our passion project. And um, it's really important that you guys got to a little taste of it. You're welcome and thanks for having us. Yeah, it was great to be on, I appreciate it.